episode 21. I think so. The original marketing show. Excited to be here. We, uh, my voice was just, we were in Cabo last week on a trip. Brady and I took a little bit of a trip with some of our other, uh, work friends, a little bit of kind of high level planning. Yeah. And we, there's a lot of DJs in Cabo. Yeah. Every, this is all my problem because I can't hear well. So I think Garrett was yelling oh, the entire was, trip just so I could maybe hear what he was saying. It was one of those. Okay. So like Cabo's a vibe. Like I never been to Cabo. Cabo does the perfect amount of Baja hole in the wall taco spot as well as like best five star meal you've ever had in your life. Yeah. It's like, it's Vegas on the ocean. Yes. That's what it reminded me of. It is Vegas on the ocean. Now, I wouldn't say we drank very much on that trip at all. No, we were getting up. We were fishing. So we got up at like five something a.m. Yeah, it wasn't really a drinking trip for us. I think we were the only ones in Cabo not drinking. Because like the vibe in Cabo is very much a party vibe. Yes, it was loud until I think we were like leaving our hotel room to fish when people were getting home. Yeah. Can you pull up, uh, Scarlett? There's this. There, what was the one with the, 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 the like, they just had beautiful people, men and women, wearing all white, oh, the swaying in the wind. <laughs> it's you, called Taboo. Taboo. Can you pull up this Taboo? Taboo Cabo. Because we went to this restaurant in Cabo. It was the vibiest spot I've ever been. But it was just, like, they had people whose full-time job was to look beautiful in all white that would just sway while you were eating. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It was they were, they were just like lined up next to the, the tables. Yeah, yeah, it was like the exactly like the guys like they, like they just had good-looking people swaying doing like the bottle service while you were eating. And then the coolest part about Cabo is like how much of a vibe it is. Oh, that saxophone guy was good. Yeah, they had the yeah, the sexy sax man. And then they had everywhere had a show. So some restaurants would do and you can't get it there because it's at night. I don't know how to explain it. You walk in this restaurant and there's a line, like an actual line in the restaurant in one of the hallways where there's just like beautiful people in all white swaying. Just swaying. Just swaying. And you eat. But everywhere's got like a DJ or a show. Like this one had a sax man and he would go around just crushing it on the sax. Yeah. And, and there was a DJ, and there was a DJ. Like behind the sax man. There was a firework show. Fireworks show. Everyone got up from their seat, went to the beach, yeah, and watched get... fireworks. It was sick. Which Drew thought the guy was saying there's fireball. So he thought everyone left their table <laughs> to, get a to like, take shot. a fireball shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought he was kidding when he said that to me. And then he realized it was fireworks. And I then learned he really thought the guy said fireball. 100%. So I've been taking the OGs of Directive, the guys we built it all with together on a trip three times a year. Yeah. Since last year. Yeah. Like mid last year, I think. I So we do three trips a year. It's my highlight of every year. Those three trips. I think this was the best one. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was international for the first time. Cabo, it wasn't too far. It was only like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Remember when we landed and they had us like, the guys like, you guys want beers? We're like, what are you... <laughs> What? The taxis are like... Well, there's two... When you even leave the airport, there's two bars, and then the guy's like, you want beer. And so we like we stopped at OXO. It's like a 7-Eleven yeah. uh, gas station place grab to some grab Pacificos Pacifico's and then drink it in the van. We're like, where are we right now? Was, yeah, the whole it, trip it, was awesome. It reminded me a lot of Vegas. Yeah. But it still had that... It wasn't like... Uh, 
too corporate or something like that where like you still got the Baja energy like you were in Baja and you could mm. go like find a hole in the wall spot or anything like that and it was a great 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 time yeah it's so, fun really fun trip I think we're gonna on market this we're gonna talk about something from that experience and like see how we could elevate it yeah I, I thought that was pretty cool what about you Brady what'd you do this weekend what did I do this weekend um I went golfing yesterday how did you shoot I didn't shoot well, but I had like one of the best shots of my life. What was the score? I shot like a 91, but the course was under construction. So I don't, <laughs> even, I, I don't even know what the par of the course was. It could have been like a yes. par 65. I don't know. It was like whole 1A and 1B because they combined it. Can't count that. I mean, yeah, the conditions were rough. I got a 10 <laughs> on a par four. Well, you can't ever I got get... one shot that like made the round. So that was good. You're not allowed to get double par, are you? More than double par? No. I mean, I think my, I, posted a 10 but my handicap adjusts it when it yeah. submits it or something okay well how was the shot what was the, what was this shot you're talking so about? just pure I, magic i birdied a par five after dropping so i hit my drive out of bounds i dropped it in the rough i was 260 out and there was a guy doing maintenance on the hole and i had my two iron so i'm like i'm gonna go for it but and this guy was like looking at us and he just kept working because we were so far out. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to go. The odds of me. Yeah. You made eye contact. Yeah. The odds of me getting it close or low. And I just hit it perfect. And I'm screaming four, and I stick it three feet from the pin from 260 with the two iron. And I put it in. So I birdied a par five after a drop. That could have been an albatross. Would it? Well, if I hold it out without the drop, it would have been right. Yeah. Have you ever got one of those? No, me neither. I've gone to Eagles, but yeah. Yeah. Never an albatross. What so a that, time. that made my round. It was like one yeah. of those moments in terms of like approach shots with a long iron. It was probably the best shot I've ever had in my life. So that's always fun when you're not having the best round, but yeah. you get a shot that you can kind of check off the list. Always feels good. It was good. And then had my wife's friends over after that for like a friend's miss. Okay. So cooked like 12 pounds of ribeye. It was good. So wait, you didn't do it on Sunday? You moved it? They yeah they did move it. This guy had me moving flights. Now he's moving. I mean I'm glad we flew out of it too. I'm also glad it was moved because I knew it took a while to cook that. So I would have been in trouble if we still had that. It was good. I did like a out of nowhere. I just grounded coffee and rubbed it all over it. So I did like a coffee rub with salt and pepper and didn't know what that was gonna do. Came out fire. It was good. It was like super crispy. So I didn't have to. I didn't sear it. Okay. I usually do like 500 degrees. I was going to reverse here at this time. Yep. But I just didn't even touch it. Came out perfect. Yeah, it was good. No complaints. That (sighs) shift they told me. I love it. Yeah, it was fun. Then I don't don't know what I did Saturday. I couldn't tell you. I can't think. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, we cleaned. Yeah. I know we did that. I I don't know. Vibes. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about you? Oh, you you just got back from a little a little Hawaii. I know. I trip. all my vacations somehow got just stacked chasing up. that tropical water. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, I did an anniversary trip to Oahu with a lady, so it was great. I think I'm more of a Kauai guy now that I've done both islands. To me, Hawaii's not as good at being like Hawaii's better at being the North Shore than it is at being Waikiki. Like, to me, Honolulu isn't the greatest city in this country. No. It's just not. Like, it kind of had, like, Venice vibes 
but yeah ever since dog the bounty hunter retired it's kind of <laughs> it's gone downhill gone a little downhill <laughs> i could see is that where his show was from i don't know because if it was i could see why like i, I think he has plenty kid, of work when we would travel there i would watch dog the bounty hunter on tv really yeah heck yeah well yeah i mean oahu just you know oahu i thought the north shore was pretty great but then the north shore is still so isolated and there's not like there's the north shore mm-hmm. if you want to do anything other than that yeah. Probably not there. So, but I did love the resort. I loved it in some time with just my wife, no kids. You know, we got three under three. So it was kind of, well, now I guess one of them's over three. But yeah, you know, it was nice to get a little bit of space, mm-hmm. a little bit of time together. Um, it was quick. I think Thursday to Sunday. We do usually just, I don't like being away from the kids too long. I don't like being away from work too long. Next year, though, I'm going to do a two week vacation. Yeah. Like a real one. I That's when you can really disconnect. Yeah, because I need a couple days. I'm a. I don't know if you know this about me. I can be a little intense. Yeah, so four days. It's <laughs> like in two days you wind down, but then it's two days left, and you kind of try one to of wind back travel up. Day. So yeah. I only got. I really was. I was like relaxed on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But so I want to do two weeks. I haven't done two weeks since. Um, like honeymoon. I did one after for my parents. What's the big anniversary? The twenty fifth or the thirtieth? uh maybe 30th the yeah, decades i don't know i don't know either yet but we did one of those big anniversaries like my mom it meant a lot to her yeah like it was a big deal for her and so we all went as a family and we did a cruise for one week in the mediterranean and then another week we did just Myra and i so we did the like yeah. the family for a week yeah it was great love you guys but one week was good and then we did a week <laughs> just with each other yeah and we got both and it was that was that was really special i still remember that whole trip because it was just it was great to be with my family and it was great to be with her mm-hmm. it was two weeks away no slack no email no phone calls and i work pretty hard when i'm here i'm not a huge like balanced guy yeah <laughs> i pretty much pushed myself to the brink that's why we couldn't do the show last week i lost my voice and i had a bunch of company all hand stuff i was casting vision for 2023 um, which we talked about today. I think we should talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, directive we're going to be taking into the tech marketplace. Mm-hmm. We've closed Uber and snap the last couple months. Um, any other, what other big, like kind of tech name brands? Um, I mean, Uber and snap. I mean, yeah. Uber <laughs> and snap are pretty big. <laughs> yeah, and, it's about big as it gets. And, you know, with our niche more on like the SaaS side of things and attracting more like B2B pipeline yeah. generation. We haven't seen many of them fall through the cracks naturally. And even, no, you know, yeah. I mean, we just closed a big engagement with Supermetrics. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's perfect for our, the TAM we're going after. We're going after Supermetrics currently, but yep. the tech TAM just completely opens it up. I'm so excited about the tech team. I mean, just us being able, you know, right now, I think what I learned about B2B SaaS was we got to the mountaintop of it. Um, you know, we've had some competitors who came, looks like they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> they try to, you know, they try to compete with us. And I think everybody thinks it's easier than it is. And I think directive, what do I like to say? We got gills. Yeah. Gills, grit, however you want to say it. We live in the mud. We can grind it out. We can do the hard crap longer yeah. than everybody else. We can work more hours for longer without losing our soul. Because I think you have to keep your values. You have to keep your soul. You have to keep your passion for customers. I think what happens is it is really hard to have a professional services firm. 
um, especially as your reputation gets bigger and as you charge more, right? When you charge more, you have to get more results. Mm-hmm. And it gets really hard to consistently get big outcomes for customers. You have to have new systems, new new hiring mechanisms, new new talent development, new management. But Directive is resilient. It's, it's tough. It's got gills. It can live in the mud. And I think what happens is competitors come along and they see how much market share we have. They see how successful we've been. And they try to do it themselves. But they don't like getting punched in the face nearly as bad as we do. There's like a sickness to us. That where we just like the pain, where we like getting customer results. We don't ever want to blame the customers. We want to take full accountability for ourselves. We want to push through the roadblocks and we want to get customer outcomes. And I think we get customer outcomes more often across more people than anyone in the world. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. And the mark to. is more mature. I think like under the umbrella of yep. what we do, which, you know, you could say we're an SEO agency. You can say we're a PPC agency. Like we fall into those categories. And for the longest time, even within our niche, companies were like looking to check those things off the list. Yep. They're like, oh, this is technical marketing. Yep. All my, you know, founder friends say they're doing it. Like I should invest in it too. Check, check. They find an agency for it. But now... It's like, oh, these things should be driving growth of this company. Let's track it yep. in a very detailed way. Yep. And all the agencies that were out there maybe checking boxes, they're now being held accountable to things they weren't built to be held accountable for. They don't know how to achieve it. But we've been tracking so, client outcomes, like how often we accomplish outcomes for customers explicitly, pipeline related or revenue related for over two years. Yeah, more than that. There was a CMO... Sean, you're right. This is all goes back to ages. This all goes back to, I think. Shout out you, Sean. Sean Black, I believe. Yeah, Sean Black. Shout out you, Sean. He was one of our first like B2B SaaS tech companies. And he was the real deal. He was the real deal. He was, I don't know if his title was CMO back then, but when he onboarded us and it wasn't through like a Salesforce or a crazy multi-touch attribution model, he had a spreadsheet. Yep. Marketing in its purest form. At, attributed every marketing channel campaign through pipeline to revenue. Yep. And he's like, you guys work off this. It was one of our first like bigger B2B accounts, probably the largest contract. And when we could do it, date. when no one else could, and we did it for him and we bought into it and said, no, we want to be accountable to revenue. Yeah, we're like, oh, this is the way. That's the way we saw yep. it back then. It was like, oh, shoot, this is how you do this stuff. Like We learned from our clients. We still do. It makes an impact on these things that yep. mean way more than leads or clicks or anything like that. So I, I always go back to that date. You're totally right. Sean, Sean made us big boys. And I think what made us different is when we got held accountable to what greatness looked like, it made us more excited and more passionate. And I think what we found in the SaaS marketplace, when we got the Calendly's, the gongs, the trip actions, the Ubers, the snaps, is a lot of those customers still don't spend as much on marketing advertising as we thought. Mm-hmm. Like I personally, right, just signed for Directive in 2023. We're going to spend, you know, a little less than $4 million on just advertising. Yeah. In 2023, we don't even have that many customers in B2B SaaS who spend much on as much on advertising as we do. Mm-hmm. And I think when we go, I think a lot of us, myself included, want the want to bring what we've learned in B2B around pipeline, revenue, uh, working with multifaceted marketing groups across disparate business units 
involving product, involving finance, involving sales, creating a true omni approach for our customers to get outcomes from advertising, from organic, from owned and earned media, rev ops, like really saying like when we service you, we, we accomplish an outcome and we have no excuses and we have the services in house to get you the outcome you want. Your brand's not right. We can help you with branding. You don't have any video. We can do the video. You can't get things from our keto to Salesforce. We can help you there. Yep. We made it so that we could be fully accountable to get you results, right? Our values, our ownership breeds excellence. Now I want to bring that same model to tech companies who may or may not have consumer audiences. So it doesn't mean we're doing any less B2B. We're going to do any less SaaS. I mean, we're going to still do all of that where I think we are unequivocally the best agency in the world at doing that and getting outcomes for customers. Mm -hmm. But now we can do it for the Ubers and the Snaps who have B2B components of their business, but also have these consumer facing sides because I want to get to that point where the vast volume of consumer data, like our first party data approach to customer generation is the perfect fit for how consumer facing companies should be advertising in the tech space. Like they need to use our first party data instead of like LinkedIn's data or Meta's data or TikTok's data. They need to bring their own data to the party. Our competency of bringing data to the party, but at such a larger data lake environment, it has, gives me chills just thinking about Mm -hmm. the impact we can have for customers in the tech space. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's like the only change is, is, you know, the AOV is lower when you're dealing with consumer facing technology, but the market size the and TAM, the TAM yeah. is massive. The barrier to entry is much lower consumer tech product versus, you know, embedding a new endpoint well, yeah. protection security system within your organization. Well, our incentives, our approach to leveraging incentives on paid social is going to just crush Yeah, because you bring that $100 gift card, scale it down to something that's more consumer friendly and scalable, you're going to still get humans from apathy to action mm-hmm. on a channel that has data, but not intent. And we know how to manufacture intent. So by helping our customers manufacture intent, we're going to unlock ad channels that they're just not using at the consumer level at the scale they should, or at the, like, um, at the leverage they should at the, like the marginal returns where down funnel and through their pipeline, they're getting the outcomes they need from a financial standpoint. When we bring the financial modeling we do for B2B into the B2C world, it's going to change the game. Yeah. I'm excited for like advertisement to influence impulse buys. Like yep. we just, when it, when it gets to B2B, it's tougher yep. to advertise like that. There, there still are I B2B mean, products. Emotion works in B2B. Baby. No, it totally does. I'm just saying the impulse, like Correct. I saw it on my Instagram feed. Like you see all the AI portraits you going on right now. You can't buy it yourself in B2B. You can't buy it yourself. Yeah. Right now, you can buy those shoes because you got yeah, an it's ad. It's my credit card too. Correct. Like I don't have to get approved by it's, anyone that's else. That's what I mean. It's yes. It can be impulse. That part's gonna be so much more fun for you and I to design yeah. like the psychology of it because you get to operate from a owned ecosystem. The person you are advertising owns the entire life cycle of their own buyer journey. Yeah. That is dope. Because right now we have to navigate this multifaceted buying center that has checks and balances in place. The biggest checks and balances we'll have to overcome is like um, interpersonal relationships amongst partners, right? So like if he wants something and his boyfriend says no or she wants something and her boyfriend says no or whatever it is, they won't be able – like that's the only checks and balance in a large purchasing decision Mm -hmm. compared to like the CFO said no. 
Yeah. That's a game changer for us. Yeah. But consumer facing tech, I mean, I can't even think of large purchase decisions within that. Okay. So let me give you one. You download Robin and how much money are you allowed to put in before you have to talk to your wife about it? Oof. You see? Probably pushing those limits. Just kidding. But you get where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there is still. So then how have you and I, we've never designed the psychology of a campaign to how you get your partner to say yes. Yeah. Right. Like the funniest example is like a car ad. Right, because like oh yeah, they all joke about it. Like, well, psychopaths are buying cars without (laughs) consulting with their partner. Well, yeah, but think about these companies, like Waymo. I believe is the one that does uh, automate, like uh, fully autonomous AI in San Francisco. Now that we are doing tech companies, not just B two B SaaS, do you think Tesla considers themselves a car company or a tech company? Probably tech company. We could actually get to run ads for Tesla in our new positioning. Yeah. Which is something we've never had the opportunity to do before. And I don't think they've gotten to work with advertisers that have our level of financial modeling sophistication because that isn't what the traditional B2C landscape looks like. Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited to bring that type of mentality and viewpoint that we've honed in B2B SaaS into this tech ecosystem and hopefully change the game. Yeah. And even in B2B, I think like, SaaS is a subcategory of tech. So yeah. it's a bit depending on how people identify with their solutions. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Did you have any data findings for us this week? Yeah. I had a I had one that was brand new to me. Okay, hit me with it. Which was fun. It might be a little technical. Okay. Um, but it was it was a unique situation where we were talking to a prospect and they were talking about awareness strategies. And the history of awareness so far was they had, an, I don't know if it was another company or a platform running their awareness, but they were really concerned with the the CPM, which is like cost per a thousand impressions. And yep. so they brought it in-house and they started doing it on like Google Display and, and YouTube. And they were very like braggadocious about reducing the cost of it. I'm smiling because I remember this. Yeah, I think you remember this. I remember this phone call, yeah. Yeah, so keep going. That fired me up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'll I'll look into that a bit further. They were a little like, we've got this under control, but if you want to look at it, fine. That was definitely there. It was more the storytelling behind like comparing the previous effort that may have been outsourced to bring it in house. And they, yeah, the last, they they were so much better than the last agency or partner. And they don't even know if they need one anymore. Yeah. And they were kind of using cost metrics. It sounded like they were reporting up with cost metrics. So they were able to impress their leadership with the change. And this isn't to talk bad on them. We do, I mean, they are actually, I think, from what I could tell, a pretty strong advertiser. Yes. Definitely. But But, what'd you find? Yeah. So I was, I, I thought that was interesting and, you know, especially when it comes to B2B, like the audience targeting in Google platforms is kind of a black box. It's crap. It's, called, it, it's crap. Yeah, it's really bad. And so what I did was I was looking into these campaigns that they were running and they were using best practices. They were using custom audiences, using like primary terms, which is like you tell Google some keywords and yep. it builds an audience based on those using the broad match. I think they were doing based off things they've searched or yeah. things that are might be in their browser history. They were doing competitor domain yeah. custom audiences where yeah. you take all your competitor websites, maybe even your own, and you add those domains and Google f- builds an audience of people who were likely to be interested in that. So yeah. they were doing all the best practices, but there's still no way 
outside of like having a a clear bit reveal on the site and we didn't have that access to know. And so what I did and like the first time I've thought of doing this was I used the data we had, which was like very basic Google demographic data. Okay. So I don't know if you're going to use the LinkedIn pixel. Okay. So. No. Yeah. I mean, this is before they were a client. Oh, okay. So okay. If, yeah, they were so crying. The I would, in, I would yeah. add the LinkedIn Insights pixel. If it Sorry, was, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> if it was custom landing pages. And <laughs> that's how okay. we figure it out if they were like working with us and we had access. Yeah. So what I did, the thought was, let me look at the high level demographic data of their branded traffic. Because the theory is like yeah, yeah. branded traffic or even like high performing branded non-branded. is like the visible version of the black box of direct traffic. Well, it's like my assumption was... Yeah. Whoever's visiting them through brand is likely the ICP. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at the age demographics. I looked at the household income data for household income. Their branded traffic was the far majority top 10%. Yep. Makes sense. And they're very high AOV security company. And for age demographics, the, the peak was around between 35 and 55. And then it really died off at the 65 plus summer this is a publicly traded massive billion yeah. dollar just so everybody knows we don't we don't you know when we're talking about these stuff these are like the these are the one percent of the one percent so. yeah which is good because they actually had a ton of branded data so that's how i got a feel for like the high level demographics what their icpu likely looks like and so i then went to these uh video awareness campaigns i looked at the same data what'd the, you find brady the <laughs> By far, the majority of impressions were going to the exact opposite, the lower 50% income bracket and rarely shown to the top 10%. Which makes sense when you're optimizing for CPM. The top impressions uh, on the age graph was 65 plus. So they're going after like Medicare. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it was still (laughs) such a black box. It was tough to show them like, data that I would love to show them like, oh, here's the job titles. Here's the company. Yeah, you couldn't do the job function. Yeah, you just can't do that in Google. But the data was so strong that I was able to prove that those efforts are likely not going in front of the right people. Correct. In other words, you're building brand awareness for people that can never purchase from your brand. Yeah. So I thought, I mean, it was super fun. I've been doing this for (laughs) a decade now. It was like the first time. I thought of like, let me look at high level demographics in branded traffic and compare those demographics to another campaign type and see if, and I didn't know what I'd find, but the data was extreme. It was like lower 50% in in awareness campaigns through the roof in branded traffic. It was nothing. It was all top 10%. And then the age one wasn't as strong as the income brackets, but it makes the big bucks folks. Prove my point. I love it. It was good. It was fun. So just be the point of that story is <laughs> be very creative yeah. with these tools at hand. Like it, I really enjoyed just the thought of maybe that analysis would yeah, find it, something and then the execution actually seeing the data. It was fun. I absolutely love that. And I'll give you all just two practical things you can do right now. Go into your Google ads, go to your demographics, go into your Google analytics, go into your demographics, look at your age. And look at your incomes, look at all your different KPIs and make sure they make sense. Um, do they still do gender in there? Um, yeah. Okay. So look at genders as well. And in the sense that if like, if all your current customers pointed contact are women, but then all your impressions are going into men, you have issues. Okay. If all your current customers are between 35 and 55, but all your impressions are under 35 or over 55, you have issues. Now, the last piece of advice on this is even if you're not advertising on LinkedIn, 
use the LinkedIn Pixel. The LinkedIn Pixel, you can just install on your website, very simple little JavaScript code, I believe, and you will instantly be able to understand the firmographics of your traffic, and that'll immediately allow you to understand if you're getting the right users or the wrong users, and then you'll be a much more informed advertiser. Just so you know, 99.9% of the people pushing buttons on your campaigns are far more worried about your bids, your messaging, your ads, spending your money, managing your campaigns than they are about macro analyzing who you are advertising to. Do not ever think that the people who are running your ad campaigns are actually looking at the macro because 99.9% of them are not. Yep. They're stuck in the data. They're stuck in the day, the data, the day to day, the moments. They're so close to the forest. They can't see the trees. Yep, exactly. So just a little tip there. Advertising jealousy, baby. Who do you got today? Um, I have a fun one because it's it's a company I've followed for a while, or at least a founder, uh, Pep. Is so it Peep? You, no, it's Pep. Okay. I think I, I hope so. I want to say I watched an interview of him talk about people pronouncing his name and how when people say it's like Peep and they're interviewing him, he loses interest. So I feel like that's ingrained in my head Bro. to where it's Pep. Pep, you might need to take a, a little ego pill on that one, my guy. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how he. <laughs> if that's what he said, I mean, it. my last name's Mergu. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> if I lost interest, or if I did it every time they spelled my name with one R or one T, I yeah. wouldn't have anyone to interview me. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from back in the day when people spelt your name wrong. <laughs> All the time, bro. Yeah, I, mean, right, I so still. Be- everyone gets it though. I get bratty. Come get out of here. Yeah. You know, how often do you get bratty? Specifically at Chick Fil A. I get bratty a lot. What do you mean? Bratty. Yeah. No, I get bratty. I just, I think it's the funniest Latin thing. People because... can't say my name. Really? I'm Gary. Gary? <laughs> Every time I'm Gary. <laughs> I've learned that. Yeah. So I literally just listen for Gary. That's funny. I People don't, I don't think I have a struggle with enunciation or speaking loudly. But I'll say, they'll be like, what's your name? I'll say Garrett. And they go, Gary? I, I would tell you, like, if I someone asked me my name, more than 50% of the time, they can't say it back to me. Or I have to repeat yeah. myself. I mean, it's just the nuances of, like, the pronunciation and the pieces of it not existing in, other in their native language. Like, that's probably where Braddy comes from. I haven't really identified, yeah. you know, what I know their native language I know it's just when I order tacos, you know, they put, you got to put your name now because they call you, like, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never, it's not quite right. Kind of like Gary as a nickname. <laughs> so not me. <laughs> But Braddy is just there's well, no. I think it's they've funny. They've never even met a Braddy. I, I, yeah, that's why I think it's funny is because I mean they're doing it so quick. There's reading a name, they're saying Braddy, but it's like <laughs> who would name their kid Braddy? Well, like, think, take us out like, like who would actually, actually name their kid Braddy? Let's think about this for a second, right? Oh yeah. my gosh! All right, and usually well, Pep, Tom Brady. I'm sorry about your name. Yeah, Pep. Pep. I hope so. I could now. <sighs> I could be getting it mixed up and we're screwed. <laughs> All but, right, well, let's see. You love his ad. Yeah, it's funny. It reminds me of like the insurance type ads that we've seen and gone over on the show, but it's very B2B um, and what this not new, but newer company that he founded is doing is messaging testing for B2B. And so you send your message to like your ICP and they give you feedback. I liked his ad so much. I've seen these ads. I haven't seen this ad, but he has a series of them. Yeah, they have the um, wedding speech one at the dinner, which... I love that. I thought ad, it was funny too. But I couldn't rem- I couldn't find it. 
So just as I, I don't know why I couldn't find it, but I couldn't find the ad. Yeah. I th- I think they promote it on social. Yeah, I see it on I'd LinkedIn s- a good amount. Looks like this it. one's been pushed a little bit with 80K views. Yeah, no, it's doing great. I actually literally did a coaching call with an agency guy and all I saw, okay, go click on his, click on the winner thing. I want to see if I'm crazy or not. Will you click on the winner um, on his? Just the channel. Yeah. yeah. I want it because I, yeah, see, I went here and tried to show, shout out Pep, just so you know, your best content should be over here on your homepage as a playlist to introduce your brand. I couldn't find his videos. I'm not joking you. Last, literally last week, look here, the, none of his ads are on here. Scroll down. You can't find the ad. It, I don't think it's public. Oh, there it is. Maybe yeah. Tack away. Yeah, I couldn't on a quick screen share. I was trying to show someone because I actually liked his. Ironically, last week in a coaching call with the agency CEO, liked his ads so much, couldn't find them. I knew, I like, I I knew the ad, the wedding ad. Okay, let's see yours. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just hosted on YouTube, but then they link them out. No, but the per like advertising. It should it should first yeah. thing everyone yeah. should see is these ads. All right. So Brian, why do you want to marry my daughter? Oh. Mr. Baker, I, I got to be honest, to Alex, this got a banging bot. <laughs> I mean, I, she's probably the best I'm ever going to get, and you are loaded, so I'm set. She's a, she's like a tiger, and I'm like a tiger hunter who also has sex with the tigers. <laughs> I'm really glad we can talk like this. Winter gives you feedback on your messaging from the people you're marketing to. <laughs> This way, you can make sure your message resonates before it gets out there. So, Brian. Why do you want to marry my daughter? Mr. Baker, I gotta be honest. Alex has a sweet, sensitive soul. And, uh, <laughs> it's probably because you raised her so well. <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> good yeah i mean you just don't see that much in in b2b and SaaS, and i don't love the voiceover yeah it seems pretty say that. it's like low production well i don't mind the low production because i think it it winter isn't like huge i don't think he's gonna have money to pay ryan reynolds yeah i mean to... it looks like they just had a fun idea knocked it out it's and great it stuck well i just think the voiceover if that if they would have, like, I wanted more energy on the product. Mm-hmm. Like, will you go back to that real quick? Because I think it's such a cool ad. I just want to, I want to go right to it. Wait, go past that. Right it was there. in between the yeah, two, yeah, like, I right think. There is perfect, yeah. It's like, we can talk like this. Winter gives you feedback on your messaging from the people you're marketing. should change the music. The music should have changed. You can See how the, the same. message resonates yeah, yeah. before it gets so out So if you there. change the music, Surprise. if they would have changed the music from the low, ominous sad piano because you don't want the product to come across so in other words what they don't do is they show you the wrong thing but then they don't change the creative context when it goes to the right thing mm. so my like yeah they could I, even done three different correct background well because you go like the first thing's the wrong thing the second thing's the solution and the exciting thing and the third thing can build upon it it, can, it should kind of go up like a story arc but when it yeah. gets to the second one like watch, go to watch the music. Listen, to, I want to show this to everyone watching the show because this I see this mistake all the time. It's something I give my own video team feedback on. Go to like the twentieth second for me, Scarlet. 
because this is one of the best ads I've ever seen. I just am I I can't help but try to make things perfect. So hit hit play. It's like a tiger, and I'm like a tiger hunter. That's a great line. It's a really good line. I really like that. See the music. Hear the music. Winter gives you feedback on your messaging from the people you're marketing. The music keeps going. Yeah. See if they change, so I don't see them. As like that's the solution. Correct, it, and it doesn't change from the wrong thing to the right thing. It bleeds the wrong thing into the yep. right thing, so it's the medium thing. Yep. So the product isn't like the savior. It's almost like an interruption to the ad. Yeah. I don't know. No, I told. Now that, that you, that, do you see what I'm saying? Now that you mention it, it really stands out. Like no one thinks about the music. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I, I think because it was so low production, almost like let's knock it out kind of feeling music was probably looked at as like oh yeah i selected music it's licensed we're good correct let's move on versus like okay what are we doing with the music because you can still get... keep a low cost and low budget you just have to have a macro lens yeah, just, there wasn't the depth of the conversation around the music just wasn't there it was let's find a track that's licensed let's make sure we don't get yep. sued by using this song okay we're good it is really good. I mean, it's one of the best ads I've ever seen. I, I don't have advertising that good for directive. I mean, that's something I, I definitely aspire to. But when I critique it, I think they do a good job with the product integration and all that. It's just they need to change the energy on the... Yeah, on, it's tied so well to the product. Oh, everything's phenomenal. It just literally needs... And then the voice... Listen to the voiceover's voice. It's He it shouldn't be that low. You can't use a... Hit, hit the play button for me. Before it gets out there. So, Brian... Yeah. Which I think they they chose that voice because they committed to this music. Like, but yep. if the music changed and it was more upbeat when the product was Correct. shown, they and probably would back. have chosen maybe like a a higher pitch female. Yep, and then voiceover. different music, a little bit faster energy. You want to create some type of emotion in the user, right? So you have the kind of like the setup, the product, and then the finish. And I like that they. I think what they do exceptionally well is they integrate the product to the middle of the story. I think that makes it really good. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people would have done this whole bit, eh, but they wouldn't have brought it back to the two actors. So I think they do a really good job of making the product a part of the story, but not the star of the show. Mm-hmm. But when you do introduce the product, I think you got to shock my senses. And my senses are mostly, in this case, auditory yeah. on an ad like this. But it's phenomenal. Really, really good, Brady. Thank you. I didn't do it, but hey, you catch though. <laughs> no, I love it. Let's, yeah, I'm uh, always like, I thought they were funny. The whole series is pretty funny, but that one, I had, I'd never seen that one until I looked into it. So I just figured that was a good one. But I do like the sex, the rehearsal it. dinner. Yeah, it was is wild. Yeah, some of the lines they say. Oh, it's great. All right, well, let's uh, expand this one for us here, Scarlett. Let's check it out. So this is a pretty famous one, but I'm sure not all of our users have seen it. Um, this is done by Volvo to sell their um, steering system. They're using an actor. Um, and this is real. So it's not CGI. Really? I'm fairly certain. Peter, producer behind the scenes. Is it real? <laughs> yeah, it's real. <laughs> if it's not... Let us know in the comments. Well, now I don't believe two people in the room. It <laughs> <laughs> change much for me. I've Come had on. My ups and downs. Ups and downs. My fair share of bumpy roads and heavy winds. That's what made me what I am today. Listen to the music, by the way. Look how important the no, music is. No, I stand here before you. 
what you see is a body crafted to perfection. A pair of legs engineered to defy the laws of physics. And a mindset to master the most epic of splits. poor music is now yeah okay i kind of believe it more now see how the copy comes in when the music hits I mean, so I thought they were going forward, so I thought it would be too dangerous for, like, if he does slip and the trucks are moving forward for all the back wheels. But the fact that they're going backwards, it makes it a bit more believable. If he does fall, it's he pretty, won't get run over. It's pretty good. What do you think yeah. about the ad? No, I like, I've seen it before. Is Was it a Super Bowl ad? Do you think? I don't remember. I don't remember. It seems like it, it was one of those ads. But it was famous. I mean, it was a pretty big ad. What did they mm-hmm. say there? They spent $4 million on the ad. They got 48 million views in nine days, $170 million in revenue. That ain't yeah. exactly a bad campaign. What I love about it is I like when, number one, I think, I don't think Jean-Claude Van Damme was overly expensive for the ad. Mm-hmm. I think he makes sense for the demographic of the buyer. Yeah. I think he's probably more popular where Volvo has more trucks. So I would argue they probably have a larger presence in EMEA than in North America, potentially. Mm -hmm. So he plays well in that audience. Um, I think the people who drive trucks probably like shoot them up movies. So he resonates. And I think that for 4 million bucks to show such a powerful visualization of your product and its use case mm-hmm. in a way that's viral and mainstream because not only is the ad good in its initial consumption, it has legs. And what I mean by that is it's intrinsically shareable. Mm-hmm. So it's intrinsically shareable in multiple ways. It's intrinsically shareable. If you're a fan of Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's intrinsically shareable. If you drive trucks, and it's intrinsically viral in the sense that a guy doing splits on two Volvos makes you wonder, is it fake or not? Yeah. Because it's wild enough that you have to ask yourself, is it real? When you add all that together, you have the recipe for a perfect ad. Yeah, I'm sure it impacted like just even consumer car sales too. Because isn't Volvo the company that's always been designed by like jet engineers? Isn't Is that the Volvo brand or is that... That's Jet Engineers, Saab, I believe, was Saab. Really? Saab or Audi. BMW was also um, jet-related. Well, not jet, but, like, plane. Yeah, I thought one of them was, like, airplane-related. Well, I they, guess my point is, yeah. is, like, I can see consumers, even though, yes, this is talking about trucks and the engineering of the trucks and the innovation there, I can see that being tied close enough to the consumer car brand for, like, even this commercial about trucks influence how people perceive you know, the Volvo sedan. Well, and the Volvo sedan is based off of safety. From what I think Volvo, I think safety. And I mm-hmm. think rear-facing seats. Remember the Volvos with the rear-facing seats growing up? No. The wagons? Okay, so, so the wagons, you, some of your buddies would, like moms when I was little, 
would have a Volvo and the Volvo would have seats where you could look out the back window. That's pretty cool. You don't remember that? No, I remember the the small truck back with the sideways facing seats. Yeah, yeah. And those, like the two-door Fords. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Old school wagon seats. Yeah, yeah. And then show uh, rear facing. Yeah. What? See that? So you could go sit in the back of a Volvo and then it would have rear facing seats just like that. That's pretty sweet. I know. Imagine getting rear-ended, though. Like, you want to talk about nightmares as a kid? Just watching the truck. Just like a car videographer to just buy one of these old-school Volvos with a backseat like that and have really good suspension upgrades in it, and you just film cars. Yeah, so that was, like, a big deal back in the day. It was, like, getting to sit in, like, someone's Volvo in the backseat because you look out the back window. And I had a buddy whose mom just let toss us in the trunk and let us right there. That probably wasn't safe, but... The 90s, baby. It was the 90s. So market this today, Brady. You and I were talking. We had such a good time in Cabo. Yep. We were uh, inspired. We were inspired. We went on our first charter as a group. I've obviously done a couple before because I love to fish. But that was your first, I think, time doing a deep sea charter like that, right? Yeah, I've done like rock bottom deep sea fishing. Rock fishing, yeah. Like yeah, on rock like a, fishing on just because of the season. But... First time doing like this type of sport fishing would be the category. Yeah, it was a sport fisher. I mean, yeah. it was a 40 foot Cabo, nice boat. Like, yeah, the nicest fishing boat I'd ever been on. But there were definitely opportunities of improvement from a marketing perspective around like, like, I don't think you had any context of how epic it would be. And you didn't really have a way of knowing what it would be like, right? Like, no, as like, a first-time user, because I have a different perspective than you do. Yeah, I guess the reason why I was thinking, like, these fishing charter boats is a good topic is because, in my mind, it's such a high barrier to entry, right? Yeah, so, so today's Market This is a fishing charter company, Yeah, and it could be anywhere in the world, really. Yeah, because, you know, for this trip, I mean, you set it up, we were doing this. Yeah. Like, let's say I was going to Cabo with my family. Like, I don't think... You would have walked down to the marina... I would have checked it out and people would be like, Hey, you want to fish? You want to fish? No, no, no. Like, I don't think there's really good ads out there that could influence myself and maybe some other members in my family to say, Hey, this actually seems more approachable than I thought it would. Like we always went fishing when we went to the lake growing up. Like we like fishing. We know how to fish. Like, let's do this. And it's a perfect family trip. Yeah. Like you don't have to just go with hardcore fishermen. Like you could have been there, chartered a boat, Spent a little bit of money, but had the perfect all day. And it's an all day activity. Yeah. Right. It was like six to three. So you still like finish on time. There was food included, drinks included. Um, We caught up. I mean, dream fish, like trophy fish. We were catching mm-hmm. marlin and yellowfin. We did two days of it. Yeah. But it was me calling a very salty captain who didn't <laughs> speak perfect English trying to like. Are we still on? Like, I sent you confirmation. Like, are we approved? Like, like, is this for sure? Like, yeah, that guy was a boss, though. He was he amazing. Was... No, no hate there. They were phenomenal. But there wasn't necessarily an administrative back end. Like, yeah. this wasn't something I could also ask Scarlett to do for us because it wasn't, there was no infrastructure. So yeah. it was just like, I went through. So at the place I keep my boat. I asked one of the guys who fishes a lot. I know has a boat in Cabo that fishes there. Who's the best captain in Cabo? 
and I got referred to this guy. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got there. But there's no way you could have hired those two. No, I if I correct, which I think while we're talking about this, is yeah. I would never book this in the first place. Yeah, number one, just with the lack of awareness, awareness yeah. and advertisement, and then two, I would not be able to find that experience. The two guys we went out with, they were phenomenal, phenomenal boat, phenomenal yeah, it was captains. Incredible. One of the best experiences of my life. Like, yeah. I literally had such a good time. But when we walked the marina the day before we went there, we there was the guys like, come on our boat, come on our boat. Yeah, everyone's chirping to like sell headbands and also boat trips. Like that's the advertisement is like, you want to go fishing, you want to go fishing. And then the fishing reports when they showed us, like those guys might may or may not catch more than one or two fish. And yeah, the boats aren't good. The experience isn't the same. And, but you wouldn't have known it. Like it wouldn't have really appealed to you. Number one. And number mm-hmm. two, if you did do it, you wouldn't have had the same quality of experience doing it. Just walking the Marina. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about what we would do if we were to open a charter business for sport fishing. Yeah. So one of my, the reason why it crossed my mind is because I was going through all the photos like we took so many photos, so many videos. So epic. We sent them to each other, like use it to show family, post it on social what did they media. Think about all the photos and stuff, did they love it? Yeah, they thought it was cool. Yeah. But what I, I was thinking was like, why wouldn't the captains or ask for it? Anyone at the charter company like ask for this type of content? You're right. We recreated probably a hundred hours of content. Yeah. And it showed like, you know, you really into fishing, me, like my first time, everyone else in the group, you know, Big first smiles. time doing that type of fishing. So even our content would show like it's a lower barrier to entry than you think. Yep. Right. I didn't know, like, do I have to like I was going into it thinking like, OK, get some sleep because you're going to have to learn all the knots and learn how to do all the things. Oh, yeah, and I never all got the to think your perspective. Yeah. But I didn't have to learn anything, which maybe isn't a good thing long term. <laughs> when like if we go out, I'm not going to be much of a help because it was all like covered. Yeah, well, they just put you on fish. You're like, here's the real. So I think there's just so <laughs> many ways to like. I'm thinking, you know, yes, our content was our group, so but maybe the that's smiles a guy's. Too. Yeah. Have you ever seen smiles like that on us? Like yeah. when you catch a fish, for some reason, you smile so big you can't help but yourself. For us, it was like it looked like a younger guy trip. Yeah. But you think of. A father and son that goes out there yeah. or a family and then Husband the smiles wife, they're having family, when yeah. they're both holding a fish and it's all like user generated content happening every single day with all different types of people yet to me those people either one person really knew fishing yeah. and built up the confidence to said like hey we're gonna go do this or they were more risk takers and i feel like advertisement can bring in the masses like yeah so like if we were to open a charter company i would say the first thing i have a couple ideas of what we could do to so like we opened it like so i actually have a parker 25 i have a mm-hmm. boat so we could literally think okay how would we do it in newport right so let's just make it very much in newport charter business garrett wants to do a charter for his boat to pay for his slippers mooring and his gas okay. yeah i would think the first thing we would need is like we would need a producer I think if you had only one employee to like run the whole business, it would be a producer who could also do the scheduling. Yeah. Like, so if you had like one admin who also could do video production, so they were in charge of scheduling, billing, and content. Mm-hmm. Because you could, I mean, you could have a vlog, you could do yeah. 
YouTube videos every day. Part of the contract you sign when you get on the boat is you release um, the ability to do footage. Mm-hmm. And then you, you could post the most epic video content. And you would have so many subscribers yeah. and followers. And then you put it on all your socials, too. Yeah. And that's where it's like sourcing young talent. Yeah. Right. I see it happen a lot. Just I used to really be into digital photography. And so yeah, I follow a ton of photographers and some that gone to videography. And I've seen some of this younger talent, like one of them now works with one of the stars from like Million Dollar Listings, New York. Okay. Like he is that guy's producer now. Full time. Full time. Went yeah. from Instagram. And then I think he got into real estate a little bit and yep. started doing like photography and real estate. This and is doing what Scarlett the, does for me. Yeah. The virtual like um where are they called tours and now he's working for this guy who was all over tv well on the not show. over tv but we're on we're all over tiktok it's more important <laughs> than tv um but yeah i just think like the producer route like there's just so much talent looking to and getting excited about like oh i love doing this on the side like let me see if i can impact this business finding that person to also be the admin maybe that's a bit harder well, I would say you only probably do one a day, right? So the admin side of the job would be, I think, fairly like a photographer has to book their shoots. Yeah. I don't think it would That's be true. any. See what I'm yeah. saying? So like, I think if you're an independent, right? If you're an independent photographer or videographer already, this would be normal. But you would essentially the booking of the shoot, the payment yeah. of the shoot. But you wouldn't have to like run the finances yeah, and everything. You would just do the admin nature of scheduling the shoot. Yeah. But in this case, it's the same schedule every time. Yeah. There's not different shoot locations. There's different. There's not different clothing, different sets. It's like, now, what would you tell people? I'm getting a little ahead of it, but I'm getting a little practical. Right? What would you have wished you would have known? So if we're running the charter business. Mm-hmm. And because we're doing a good job with our content, we've got um, a very large social presence. Because we do great with it and we got a large mm-hmm. YouTube presence. So we have steady demand for our services. I think we could do that pretty well. What would you have wanted to know so that we could have all skill level of anglers and people? Yeah. What would you have wished that they could have forwarded to me or sent me so that you could forward to everyone in your group? Yeah, I think like what comes to mind would be like first time experience and like intermediate and experienced right yep. and so just like knowing okay this is my first time it would say like we'll set up all the reels and the lines and the bait we'll no drop tackle it for you gear like, required. yeah no gear required you know fight the fish for as long as you want right oh, so maybe yeah like yeah we'll get your hands on the reel get you in the chair you can get it in a little bit but if it gets out of hand like we'll step in and we'll still bring in the fish for you and show it to you what just species knowing, you want to target because i had to try well, to, i was pretty more involved like in that. intermediate correct and, yeah your right. experience would be like oh you choose what you want to go after like we'll drive you there you can handle everything broken out by season so winter months these are the species we can target yeah summer months yeah so just fully approachable so like even someone who you know because we we brought in our own fish and like, we were all into fighting it, but like just knowing that, okay, You're if, right. if it comes point. down to it, like these guys will jump in and they'll take, Oh, I think we all do that pretty take quickly. The rod and reel. And like, I don't have to feel like this pressure yep. of doing, it all doing something I've never done before. And 
Yeah, there could definitely feel like um, yeah. a little like barrier to yeah. entry. In it's that. like, am I grabbing out of the water? Am I having to figure out how to take the hook out? Am I going to have to gaff it? Am I going to have to tie my own Because yeah. you were worried about having to tie your own knots probably, right? Well, I just didn't know. Yeah, that's I good point. I had no idea. And yeah. so for me, I was like, let's go for it. Whatever happens, happens. Because you're adventurous. And yeah. you knew also like, I'm not bad at Yeah, events. I was confident. Yeah. Like I can, if it comes down to all that stuff, like I'll try my best to figure it out. But it ended up being pretty luxurious and oh low-key. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we get in. We sit on. I, I took a I stretched for 20 minutes on the way out. <laughs> took a little cat nap after I ate the carne asada burritos nice, he brought. Like, cabin after the burritos and the fresh coffee that they I made for us. I wake up and there's lines in the water. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what are, what are we doing back there? <laughs> What's going on? Where did everybody? Oh, they're up at the top of the flybridge. Let me go check yeah. that out. Well, so, I think one of the things that I still find i have a hard time with and i've done i think five of these now different types different mm-hmm. species target all that what's there's gonna have to in a full day because they well, yeah they never are really clear to me on half day versus full day a lot of times they'll be like well if you do a full day we'll go offshore but you only spend 20 minutes driving so why couldn't you go offshore on a half day yeah like a marlin the marlin when we were in cabo were inshore yeah. And it was, so we did two full days, right? Yeah, we did Just two so, full days. So when they're talking full days, they are actually talking about half day we leave at six and come in at twelve. Three. What would a half day? Oh, be? half day, yeah. Half day you would leave at six, come in at twelve. Okay. But it's good to know they have that because I was kind of thinking like pricing and correct. But the way they do it, it's like if a full day is twenty five hundred, a half day is two thousand. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of like because you're kind of take you have the boat, so it's kind of like a fixed cost, yeah. and that you have the captains and the crew. But what's interesting to me was there isn't really any marketing distinctions like pricing packages for B2B. They they do a really good poor job, the charter business, between what, what do you get with half day versus what do you get for full day. Mm-hmm. So I think that we could definitely improve. Yeah. Now, I think the coolest part of the whole trip, they did no marketing on. I think we could crush this. Oh, the the experience after like cooking the fish yeah so what they did is we caught a bunch of yellowfin we caught 80 pounds of yellowfin yeah now we then actually brought all of that home and that's like post filet like that was yeah. the meat 80, was 80 pounds, pounds of meat yeah we brought home from our trip to cabo now i had to figure out a lot of stuff and i was freaking out so i was involving scarlet i was trying <laughs> to get help like this was because we flew spirit yeah that for all the us. haters out there i want you to know i'm still flying spirit Flew Spirit. We're fans of Spirit now. We love Spirit. That's our on both of our last two trips. We flew Spirit. We, but we didn't know what to do about check bags because we yeah. had eighty pounds of meat. Yeah, and they didn't tell us that they were going to process it, how it would freeze it. It was very much just oh, like we had no clue. This guy is going to come pick it up off the dock and go from there. Yep. Now what they did is they gave us the fresh meat. So there's two parts. This our epic. The first part was they filleted one of the one of the elephant tuna we caught. And they said, go to the funky olive. He's going to prepare it 17 ways for you. Now, in my head, I was a little, like, I'm a pretty, like, confident human. So I was like, okay. So he handed me a plastic bag full of tuna. Yep. And then we walked along the marina till we found the funky olive by the hard rock. We handed it to the chef. And I had the best most memorable dining experience of yeah. my entire life from there. Yeah. They really did make the tuna 17 ways. Yeah. Half of it was like sashimi style. And the other half was this like insane 
cooked tuna platter with like it was like a tuna nut pop- crusted one Macadamia, and then like pistachio. a fried one and oh. then he had these skewers Black wrapped in like breading with honey and cream cheese peruvian ceviche style like it was yeah. the best meal of my life yeah it was crazy and it was such a cool experience it was our fish we just yeah. caught and it was just didn't the captain just be like do you guys like want to eat one now we're yeah like, that's what it was we're like where you talk like just pick at it from the bag he's like oh i'll call the chef at this restaurant funky olive and he can prepare it 17 ways and we're just like yeah okay and he just gets on his cell phone oh, i'm gonna have guys come in and, and it all happened perfectly. it all happened it was but the, we knew nothing about that no it was marketing. just the captain being like oh do you guys like want to eat it now which was a part of the experience i guess yes it was, was the way it happened but as the charter owners of this business if they would have marketed that yeah and you, you could, because that was, we still, remember how much content we made out of that experience? Yeah. Because if you could get the content too of how excited people were to eat what they caught. Because mm-hmm. catch, clean, cook is a big thing in kind of the outdoors because people also don't want to feel like they're killing fish and like there, there's a big conservation kind of element to this all. Like we released all the marlin. We did keep all the tuna. Yeah, but all of the tuna was consumed by the group. It was commercially processed. It was professionally frozen and packaged. Like that wasn't crappy. Like no, that vacuum sealing was the best I've seen. And it was only fillets, three fillets yeah. in a vacuum seal. You came home with literally fifteen to twenty pounds of meat. Yep. Like if we would have known all of that, the 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 cost of the trip it wasn't tr- cheap. The whole thing for us five was five grand. Mm. Pre tip. Yeah. So it wasn't a cheap excursion now i just wanted to do it because i love fishing and i'm like obsessed with fishing but you wouldn't have done it because you're not obsessed with fishing Mm -hmm. but if you would have known that whole experience i'd say it was worth every penny yeah and i think i mean that's a part of the marketing is like even tying it to hotels and people booking a week with family at an expensive hotel like the marketing should be there to pitch maybe the like i said the father and son yep to almost spontaneously do this. Well, and there's a group, Pisces in Cabo, that does this, but they don't do it perfect. And I think we could build the charter business up really, really well. So there's some things I think we could do. First thing is apparel. Mm-hmm. So I think if you had apparel for sale inside the cabin, we would have bought it. Yeah. If they had dope apparel, like a pull-up or, Haggard Pirate, this is my favorite like fishing brand. Or hook it up. Oh yeah, or hook it up. Cost yeah. to make the shirt fifteen bucks. Cost for the day twenty five hundred bucks. Worth it. Free marketing walk around. <laughs> like, look at this. If we had, um, yeah, go to the, um, let's go to their, yeah, go to their website. I think they do a good job on the website. Yeah, I like their stuff when you're showing me. Yeah, it's sick. This is my favorite stuff. So like, if we had shirts that were this sick and with the hats and all that. Yeah, that jellyfish shirt's cool. That jelly, it's sick. Their graphic design. I like the blacks and oranges and. Their graphic design works phenomenal. But if you had a charter business and then you had these shirts for sale or give them away, like loose lip sync ships. I love that one on the far left. Like if you were giving away these shirts as part of the charter or you Mm. could buy for sale online on our store, I feel like that would be a huge revenue maker for us as big margins. Yeah. Other. So we got apparel. We have obviously the fishing. They didn't do the processing. No. I paid a lot of money. I paid $2 a pound. Yeah. Plus the cooler. So I think after all, you negotiated from that three. was, he started at $3 started a pound. At three. 
And I was like, wait, 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 it's two, right? And he, he goes, you know, he does like the fake phone call. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah two. Because <laughs> the captain, I asked the captain before, I was like, hey, how much should I pay for processing? He said two bucks. The guy shows up, he's like, three bucks. I was like, oh, wait, because I'm not usually, I don't like to be the haggler when I'm in foreign countries. I kind of like to honor, I know you're supposed to negotiate, but I don't like. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's a part of the culture. It is. I know. It's like a catch 22. But yeah. I was just like two bucks. And he was like, you know, he did this thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, two's great. Right. So we spent 300 bucks on the coolers and processing. So because you saw and if we own the charter business and I, by the way, charters here in Newport, if I go get a charter to like try to catch bluefin or take a boat out, they don't include the processing. Mm. So they do the same thing. They call yeah. a guy. He meets you there and you're paying two bucks a pound here. But you also pay for pickup and delivery. Here, we didn't have to pay for pickup or delivery when we did mm-hmm. in Cabo. Yeah. So, to me, we would have the processor. We'd have the apparel. Now, here's where I think we could start really balling. We could have the hotel. We could yeah. have accommodations. So, if we had a couple houses or villas or private suites, mm-hmm. we could essentially get the room and board from the trip, too. What do you think about yeah. that? I like it because, I mean... All of those things you can build up to. Fully vertically integrated. Yeah. Well, you. I'm just saying like you start with an existing hotel mm-hmm. and you build a partnership with and you see, well, how many charters can I book a year when they're pitching this as an entertainment option? And we find that 25% of the people who use the boat also use the hotel. Yeah. Now it's risk averse. Yeah. We now know how much demand. And you build we have. up the capital for it. And then you're like, okay, this model works. Now let's build up our own. Let's well, own the hotel. I think we already do a motel in Newport, right? Have Based a motel on a previous already. episode. Yeah. Totally. And then I think we have the production, which you talked about. We've got the add-in on the booking. I mean, if you really got vertically integrated, this is what a guy, Bill Pohl, who kind of pioneered sport fishing out of San Diego, you start owning the boat yard. Mm. So if you have enough boats, you can own the boatyard where you have all your own maintenance as well as your own boat production. So let's say instead of us ordering a boat or buying a used one from somebody else, we could start making our own boats. Do people like take rundown boats and kind of piece them together together to make boats or yeah, you can like... modify them to be custom or no, you can build the whole from scratch. Oh, geez. You could get as fully vertically integrated kind of as you want in this game. Yeah. You could, to me, you could buy the gas station. So now everybody else who's fishing is also paying you. Mm-hmm. And now you, cause you mm-hmm. think about it, you need gas for every trip. Yeah. Remember when we went on the trip, we stopped and got the gas. Yeah. You could own the, the liquor store that sells the fishing license as well as all the beer to everybody. Mm-hmm. You could remember the Ponga boat, the Ponga boats that did all the bait. All the bait yeah. You could own a bait boat. You could get pretty vertically integrated and build an empire in the fishing game mm-hmm. if you were industrious enough. And imagine what it would mean for a customer. You would sh- on the website you would have accommodations. You know how we had to catch a taxi? Yeah. Scheduled ride to the hotel. You could have partnerships with the restaurants. You could get as integrated as you want here and I think you could build something pretty special. Mhm. Yeah, I think it's just one of those industries where it hasn't been marketed a ton and it's really built for people like you who yeah. are like, you have a boat, you're into fishing, you're going to Cabo. I want to fish me, in Cabo. Let me yeah. get the best people, let me find them. And I did a lot of work. It was not easy. Yeah. It was like texting and like yeah. referrals. 
versus like, hey, we're doing a week long trip. Not everything's scheduled. The hotel was mentioning chartering a boat and fishing. Brady goes on TripAdvisor and my family finds this whole thing on TripAdvisor, Yelp. And it's like, ah, that seems a little wild. Let me go to their Instagram. Oh, wow. Look at all these families doing it. You know, this is their experience. If you've never done it before, this is their experience. If you've done it a few times, and this is the experience they offer if you're hardcore, whatever. Yeah, hardcore, really into it. Dude, this one, I'm actually, I don't know. We might have to actually maybe do this one because I feel like this industry is not as mature. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of, yeah, that's the point was when I realized how much user generated content we had. Yes. When I realized like I would have never done this. We could own the restaurant too for the cooking. So like if we had their own restaurant, like if we owned the Funky Olive. Yeah. And we sent everybody there. I mean, advertising like your family who didn't go out on the boat meeting you there and enjoying the meal With from you? the fish that oh yeah because maybe your wife or your you know some of your kids don't want to go they don't like that they don't want to be on the boat they get seasick yeah relief bands the grandparents are there like i mean the boat it depending on the conditions like it's tough to stabilize yourself oh and... yeah tanner got seasick did you get seasick at all no yeah, i didn't get seasick at all but tanner did a little funky when i was like inside the cabin but never Okay, but I knew that Myra might get seasick, my wife. So I bought her what's called a relief band. If they included relief, Did that work well. Yeah, it worked. She didn't That's get cool. seasick at all. So if we included relief bands for everybody who came on the boat, you see what I'm saying? You can just do a couple little things, integrate it to your marketing and your package, and you would overcome a lot of the obstacles. The the casual consumer, why they go ziplining instead of fishing is for all these reasons. And if you could get the zipliners. To go exactly. fishing. The horseback riders to go fishing. Yeah. The ATV people to go fishing. You would have a way yeah. bigger TAM than everybody else. Yeah. The goal, like, get people to fish for the first time. Yes. Without alienating the expert anglers. Exactly. You got to make it. Because you need expert it. anglers for the content. Because you don't, like, no one's going to watch your YouTube channel where it's like Aunt Susie, like, you know, pulling on a grouper. <laughs> like, you still want, you know what I'm saying? You still, you know what I mean? Like. You need aspirational yeah. content stuff. That's where you might have different captains Correct. depending different on boats. who's going, right? Because yes. I could see like our captain <laughs> with Aunt Susie. With, uh, I mean, we were newbies, a lot of us. But still but, had a can do attitude to it. Yeah, all. exactly. Yep. Like I could see them with like a very amateur crowd just not having it like uh, emo brady just on his phone just like this is i don't bullshit. have reception captain eric <laughs> <laughs> bring us closer to shore yeah, I don't, can we make the boat less rocky <laughs> <laughs> right so like you have to have different boats with different captains yeah it's kind of like um if you ever do like go to a gym and you get a private trainer there's some personal trainers that are great for people who are working out for the very first time mm-hmm. there's other personal trainers that are great for ex-college athletes and you don't want to give a trainer for an ex-college athlete to someone who's never worked out before because there's going to be friction. And they don't – and because you want the – the captains have to love it being your first time fishing. Yeah. And some captains, they want to catch 100 marlin, and if they catch anything less than that, it's a bad day. Other yeah. captains are like, Brady learned how to tie one of the knots, and that was great for – like, so you need to kind of match the skill and passion of the angler to the right boat and the right captain and the right fishing experience – and if we planned it all out like that, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. 
thanks for not directly saying there's trainers for me and there's trainers for you. No, I didn't even. <laughs> what, I wasn't saying that at all. I'm afraid to even go there. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that. No, no, I'll say it out loud. That's what. <laughs> that's the reality. You did. You were pretty. You did good. I mean, you you were saying your skin was falling off though. Yeah, dude, my thumb. <laughs> I was worried about my golf career. My skin was like separating from the muscle, and actually healed up really well. Would, so you would have liked if they gave you gloves, by the way. If yeah, they... I mean, gloves would have helped. I should have brought my golf glove. And then I couldn't. Um, it took till Wednesday for me to straighten my right arm. It's a real workout. It was like this weird muscle just yep. right at the hinge of my arm. It's like if you do hammer curls. If you're lifting, you yeah, hammer yeah, curls. Yeah, it... when that happens, it's yeah. the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, as when Brady exactly does when I hammer do hammer curls. curls. <laughs> but it was it was a pretty awesome experience. And I think if we did it like this. It could actually be a pretty successful business. Yep. That anyone could do. So yeah. that's Market This. Great episode, Brady. As always. As always. Like, subscribe, leave five stars. Share with your friends, your family. Let's see the comments too. Yep. We love the comments. So leave some comments. Uh, we're going to engage with you as best we can. So thank you, everybody. And uh, have a great week. Yeah. See you next week.